Hey, welcome to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We are so pumped that you're tuning into this podcast. It has been designed for people just like you. We want to do life with you. Share our wins, our defeats, our ups and our downs in hopes that you'll grow closer to God and to the people that you love in your life. Sit back and enjoy today's podcast. All right, sweetheart, you ready for this one? Let's do it. Let's go. Another episode of Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We are so pumped and honored for you guys to be tuning in with us wherever you are, podcast, YouTube. Thank you so much. Um, If this content is good, please make sure that you subscribe right now. Um, 64% of our audience is subscribed. We believe that when more people subscribe, we're able to get the content into more people as soon as it comes out every Tuesday and Thursday. And we want to make sure that we are extending our family and bringing you hot, relevant Come information. On. How you feel about today, sweetheart? I'm feeling good. Are you ready to party hard? Are you ready to get into today's segment? I'm ready. Do you party know what we're talking the about? the only way I know how to do it. That's it. You were born to party. Born it. Born it. <laughs> Born to party. That's it. Uh, do you know what today's segment is? Um, yes. Yeah? What yes. is it? You introduce it. It's about how wonderful church is. It's called How to Find a Good Church Home. Mm. And we want to dive into this because we know that there are so many people out there that are in between churches. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that the pandemic hit and then they wasn't able to get back to church. Yeah. Maybe they've been watching church online and we love our online family, but we really believe in the importance of having a good local church yeah. and pastors and leadership that we can submit to a community that we can be a part of. It is so biblical. It is so healthy, but not every church is the same. And so we decided to do this segment because we know that really um, there are divine connections. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible talks about how he places the members in the body as it pleases him. So there is a place in the body of Christ for all of us. And we want to help you today with how to have, how to find a good church home. Now we're a tad biased because we are pastors of a church. And so we love the church. We love the bride. We want to care for the bride. You know, people say that I don't know if I really like church or believe in organized religion. Well, that's like you talking about my wife. You can't say that you love me, but don't love my wife. Mm-hmm. So if you say you love Jesus, you got to love his bride. Come and on. the bride is the local church, the messy church. It's still glorious. Yes. It's filled with people that are imperfect, but it's still his church. Mm-hmm. And so, Tabitha, I want to lean on you a little bit today. Um, you're, you weren't raised in a church, um, wasn't raised in a Christian home, but I love your perspective about the church. And I know how much you love his house. I do. Can you just talk to me about that love? How has that grown? Where did it come from? Um, Well, like you said, I didn't grow up in church, Uh um, so I didn't have anything to like go off of. I don't have any church hurt. I don't have any bad experiences about church. Okay. Um, And so when we started going to, I got saved when I was 22 years old. And I would like to say that sometimes that's the best way to go about it. Mm. That unchurched people don't have some of the baggage. Mm. Sometimes the people who've been in church the longest are the ones whose perspectives are so damaged from their experience. And that's not all over the place, mm-hmm. but we can talk about that a little bit later. And we're okay. going to help you overcome church hurt. But go ahead. Your experience. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I got saved when I was 22 years old. And the day that I got saved, I was invited to go to church. Uh-huh. And that invitation was so special to me um, that I would be invited to a church. Uh And I didn't know that it was the house of God. I didn't know anything about it. But Uh the fact that they would invite me to church, it just seemed like it was a good place for me to be. 
And um, it was funny because we were in college. I didn't have a car and they actually came and picked me up Sunday morning in the with in the kids bus, <laughs> which was this little short bus. And I was on there with a bunch of kids and they said the wheels on the bus go round and round. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I'm like 22 years old. Oh, wow. Um, and so but I, I took okay. that bus uh-huh. for, you know, a while uh-huh. um, because I wanted to go to church. So can I ask you, so why do you feel like it was an honor for somebody mm-hmm. to ask you to church. I don't know if I feel like that's the common sentiment nowadays mm-hmm. that it's, man, I got an invitation to church. Mm-hmm. Like as an unchurched person, why did you feel that way? Um, I felt like because before I got saved now, I got saved on a Saturday uh-huh. afternoon. Wow. Um, and before that point, I had been searching for God. Uh-huh. And I actually went to another church and again, because I thought church is where God is and I was searching for God, didn't, didn't find him. That's a whole other story. Um, but, uh, so when I got saved, they invited me to, you know, their church and I felt so loved when I got saved because I'd, you know, I just felt like, okay, God loves me. By the church or by God? By God. Okay, you felt that I, God I associated you. the church with God. Okay. And I felt like, yeah, God loves me. He cares for me. People should associate the church with God. I wanted to go to church so that I could be closer to God. Right. It's not that now somehow the word has gotten out mm-hmm. that you don't need the church to have a relationship with God. And I'm glad that's gotten out because it's true, mm-hmm. but you can't have a good relationship with God. Mm-hmm. For example, I can have, I can be married to you, but if I don't come home, we're married, but we don't have a good relationship. Come on. And there's a lot of people that they have, they, they, they say they believe in Jesus, but they never come home. Mm-hmm. You got a relationship, but it's not a very good one, mm-hmm. but that word has gotten out and it's okay because it's true. But I kind of wish that people had the prior perspective like yours, like yeah. associate church and God. Well, I wanted more to be closely. a part of the church. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Because I saw now with this hindsight, you know, I want to be a part of the church now because I want to be a part of what God is doing. Right. I want to be a part of what he is doing in the earth, the expression of his love in the earth. I want to be a part of the fivefold ministry. I want to know what the pastor's doing with the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher. I want to know, you know, what's going on in the body of Christ. So church, like I, I'm running to the house of God. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that about you. I love that you always love church and we've been able to raise our kids that Mm -hmm. way. You know, when we get up in the morning, um, thankfully by the grace of God, we don't have to wrestle with anybody to Mm -hmm. go to church. They are beating us out the door Mm -hmm. for the most part, for the most part, for the most part, they're beating us out the door or, Hey, are you going to take us to youth? Hey, you're going to take us to youth. Oh my God. Would you leave me alone? (laughs) Like, yes, we're going to take you when we can take you. And so what is the, what, what is the, what does the church mean to you? What does the church Um, mean? The church Uh, again, represents, is a representation of God to Uh me. And the church means, I mean, it gives me hope. Mm -hmm. The church is like a home for me and a safe place for me. Uh Um, It's a place where I find identity. It's a place where I fit in. It's a place where I am not judged. Uh It's a place where they take me as I am with Uh all of my faults. You know, when I got saved, I was depressed. Mm -hmm. I was, I um, had panic disorder. Um, I was on medication. I was an alcoholic. Um, there was so much going on in my life. Mm-hmm. The church took me as I was. Well, is that the case for all churches, though? Unfortunately, um, it hasn't been my experience, uh-huh. but I know from hearing the testimony of other people that it, it they well, haven't had that same experience. When you first start coming to church. Exactly. I mean, you had 
hoop eye ring in and tons of jewelry, maybe um, not appropriate clothing, mm -hmm. so to say. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of people feel judged, but I cannot tell if that's the way people feel because of their sin mm -hmm. or if that's, that's actually yeah. what's happening. Yeah. And it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. 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 But I think that the overwhelming, like I know churches around the world. Mm hmm. For the churches that I know, they are very loving and welcoming, but it yeah. is not perfect people. Yeah. And if you're looking for perfect people, you couldn't go anywhere because there's no such thing. And the I, church is basically the gathering of mm -hmm. people. And I think that's where some people get thrown off because uh -huh. we look at the pastor and we look at the people of the church as if they are God, right. but they're not God. They're right. just people like anyone else who serve yeah. God. Yeah. And um, it's important to make that distinction. Yeah. And I didn't even know enough about god or religion or anything to uh -huh. even know right i just i just wanted to be where god was yeah. i was just so thankful that uh -huh. he would adopt me into uh -huh. his family that he would allow me to walk through the doors of the church that <laughs> i just didn't care yeah was that the sentiment of the people around you though growing up mm -hmm. how did your your family or the people that you grew up mm -hmm. around did they have a disdain towards church did they appreciate church what was their what was their thing? church wasn't something that we talked about uh -huh. because it just wasn't a part of our life we, ju we just didn't do it I actually did go to church once or twice uh -huh. um, you know a bus came in the projects one time picked us up took us to church I hated it yeah why's that I hated it and I felt like I didn't belong okay. um, well first of all I grew huh. up in a very racially tense area and okay. so I was the only black person in the church now I'm not black uh -huh. I'm half white and half, half black I don't think if you ask me what I am I will tell you I'm half white and half black uh -huh. I'm mixed uh -huh. because I'm not black uh -huh. and I'm not white uh -huh. I am white uh -huh. and I am black right. and so but but in that time and this is like the early 80s growing up I had a lot of racism like real racism not yeah. perceived racism right. like beat me up uh -huh. fight me call you the n-word call me the n-word uh -huh. spit on me fight me you know like that kind of racism um, and so when I was <laughs> I remember being on this bus right mm -hmm. coming home and the whole time I felt because they're talking about stuff that I didn't understand like uh -huh. I didn't understand what was going on and then on the ride home on the bus they were singing um, father Abraham had many sons uh -huh. many, many sons, sons had father Abraham. Abraham I am one of them and so are yeah. you and everybody had to like it would be passed down the bus like uh -huh. you had to say it person to person and I was hiding literally like so far down in my seat uh -huh. because I couldn't sing I was like I can't sing that song I'm not a child of God Abraham isn't my father uh -huh. like I can't I felt so awkward and how old were you I was probably 10. That's interesting to feel that kind of make that kind of conclusion mm -hmm. that you could not be mm -hmm. included. Mm -hmm. And so that well, it was because of my background, too, uh -huh. because I was on a bus filled with people who didn't look like me uh -huh. and my whole life up until then uh -huh. when I went to school people I was teased and bullied mm -hmm. and had to fight because I was the only person of color in my class and mm -hmm. it just fed into that narrative. Do you feel like the people that you grew up around, did they appreciate church or do no. they despise church no. or talk negatively of it? What was the view? Um, the view was that they thought that they were better than everyone else. Um, that the church people thought the they church were people thought they were better. So I had an, one aunt uh -huh. that I knew that went to church uh -huh. and I loved her. I, I thought she was great. She uh -huh. was always so kind to me and uh -huh. so sweet. So I knew that she was different. Okay. But, you know, our the, everyone else's perspective to her is like, oh, she thinks she's so good. Oh, she thinks, you know, she doesn't drink. She uh -huh. doesn't. And like everybody didn't like her and had an 
attitude toward her. She was probably yeah, and they would try not to cuss around her, and they yeah. would try. They would act funny when she came around. And my perception as a kid was like, I don't know. For some reason, I didn't internalize that. Mm -hmm. I looked at it like I could tell that they were mad at her. Uh -huh. And I could, she was so nice. I loved her. Uh -huh. And so it just didn't, <laughs> I just didn't buy into what they were saying, I if, guess. If, if everybody could do that, <laughs> the world would be a better place. If you could just judge for yourself. Yeah. Instead of taking on the opinions, offenses, and perspectives of everybody That's around you. That's the Lord, I'm telling you, because. <laughs> um, how has church impacted your life? Mm -hmm. Um. Church has impacted my life by giving me a community, uh -huh. um, by feeding me the word of God, yeah. um, by giving me, you, you know, so I grew up um, with, you know, I was kind of raised by my, my grandmother. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, strained relationship with my mother. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not close to my family. I'm uh -huh. kind of like a loner. I was the oldest in my family with my brothers and sisters. I was the kind of the one that was in charge and called all the shots and stuff. Uh -huh. I left at 18 um, and went to college. And I'm like, I don't have brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and grandmothers and, and my parents here to help me raise kids or, or do anything. I kind of had oh, to learn everything on my own. Okay. And so the church became my family. Yeah. That's where my grandmothers uh -huh. and my mother's in the faith, right. my aunties in the faith, yeah. you know, and they taught me how to be a wife. Yeah. They taught me how to be a woman of God. Oh. They taught me how to be a mother. Yeah. They taught me the word of God, how to believe my way through healing and, yeah. or, or anything. And so yeah. the church has become my family. Family, a community of believers yeah. to stand with me, yeah. fight yeah. the battles with me. Yeah. The church is so beneficial. Mm -hmm. And it's so sad when I hear people um, act like the church isn't important or not make the time for church mm. because of the lifeline that it is yeah. and the, the spiritual benefit that it gives us. It is so vital to our walks with Jesus. It yeah. really is. All right. And so um, here's some few things that I would want people to know about the church. Number one, the church is not a building, but it's a people. Okay. The church in scripture is broken into two um, C's. You got the big C church, which is everybody who's confessed Jesus is a part of the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. But then you have the little C church, which is all of these different denominations everywhere. I mean, not different denominations, all of these local assemblies <laughs> that have turned into denominations. <laughs> you know, back in the day when I first got saved, I remember I just had a problem like with denominations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're non-denominational. Yeah. People who are in a denomination almost look at non-denominational as, as a, a denomination. denomination. But no, I'm saying that I don't want division. I want to be a Christ follower and I want to be biblical. Mm -hmm. And so I almost had a little disdain towards a denomination, but now I kind of feel like, you know what? There's different strokes for different hey. folks and God will use a little bit of everybody um, to reach a little bit of everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I actually kind of appreciate all of the different uniques and styles mm -hmm. of different, um, different uh, local churches, so to say. But um, a local church can be as small as a few people and as big as 20,000 people. Mm -hmm. And the key is to be where God's called you to, mm -hmm. for he places the members in the body as it pleases him. Mm -hmm. Anything stick out to you with that? Um, no, the church just, is not a building, but a people. Yeah, yeah the church is the people. Uh -huh. and um, But it does not mean that we don't need to come to a building. Absolutely. <laughs> because the, the word church in the Greek, it, it means gathering. Mm -hmm. So we are supposed to come together. Mm -hmm. Now, <laughs> I've been pastoring for a, a while, and I remember having people say, well, I do get together in my house with my family. That ain't what it's talking about. That is not a gathering. You your own elder, you your own pastor, but the You're just teaching yourself. <laughs> people just make up stuff sometimes, and their life is not good for it, you know? 
But anyway, I would also want people to know that there's a common thought today that, and here it is. I don't know if I need organized religion, you know? Mm -hmm. And my question to that person would be, well, who in the world disorganized it? Like we would never want to be a part of a company that's disorganized. Right. We would never want to be a part of a team that's disorganized. We would never want to have a government that's disorganized. God knows the only one that wants the church to be disorganized would be the devil himself because he understands that we can do more when we unify. Mm. And there's a commanded blessing when brethren dwell together in unity. And so when it comes to organized religion, I love to debunk that little thing, but here's the thing. So the the Bible gives us order. It mm -hmm. gives us pastors and teachers and um, gifts, and it gives us elders and it gives us bishops. And it, and it says that we are submit one to another. And it gives us all of this different structure because God wants us to be an organized army. Satan is the mm -hmm. only one that would love to divide us. Anything yeah. stick out on that? No, I believe it. It just, yeah. 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 And so number three, there's no such thing as a perfect church. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Mm -hmm. Okay. Churches aren't supposed to be perfect because they're made up of people. And I think people need to know this. Um, I learned years ago that real discipleship is messy. Yep. And so if we are really going to make disciples and reach people, we're going to have to be willing to pull up our sleeves and kind of get up in the mud. And um, if you ever found a perfect church, when you join it, well, then it would no longer be perfect because you are imperfect. Yeah. And I think that people, um, they kind of quit on church because they find out that everybody's not perfect. But I think God likes it that way because he uses our um, imperfections to help us grow the fruit of the spirit. Come on. That you don't really have love until you deal with unlovely people. But, but here's the thing about, you know, no perfect church. There's no perfect doctor. There's no perfect dentist. Uh -huh. There's no perfect, you know, hospital there. Like, we don't say like, oh, you know what I mean? This doctor right here, <laughs> it's, you know, like this, I had a bad experience so at the, at the, doctor, the doctor, so again. I'm never going to the doctor yeah. again. Um, you know, and I hear people say that about church. Yeah. Oh, well, I did church and, you know, it's not for me. I'm you not did the going wrong church. Yeah. <laughs> or try again. Yeah. Or maybe you didn't understand something. Maybe you need to, you know, what I'm about to do, I want to do a whole, a whole movement on humility because mm. I'm realizing that one thing that this generation right now is lacking is Bible-based deep humility. Mm. And we have been puffed up by knowledge and information and what we've been reading. Wow. And the spirit of pride is the same spirit that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven, trying to be like God. I'm going to exalt my throne. I'm going to be this, that, and other. I think humility will go a long way. And that's the reason that some people can't stay in a church mm. and they're tumbleweeds. They jump from church to church because they just can't humble themselves enough to kind of be a part of something that's bigger than themselves. Wow. But the fourth thing that I want people to know is that the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. You cannot say that you love Jesus, but you hate his bride at the church is where we marry you. We bury you. We love you. You know, even when there's a huge fallout and some great leader has gotten into sin. Um, you don't have to backslide just because another leader fell. Yeah. I'd be like, what in the world is your, excuse me, <laughs> Christianity <laughs> built on, you know, like your small group leader backslide. Okay. What that got to do with me? Get another small mm -hmm. group. Keep it moving. Mm -hmm. You know, your, your lead pastor sinned and messed up. Okay. Find another church. Keep moving. Like I am here. I'm with you. I'm letting you lead me, but you are not the, the steward of my soul. So right. To say. Like right. people around me can backslide their way to hell, but I'm still going to be serving Jesus after everybody else falls away. Right. I feel like we just need people that live for the audience of one mm -hmm. that is not so emotional and so attached. It's almost like I've seen people make community a crutch. 
like community can become an idol. Like I believe that in the church, you should get relationship and you can get community. But if you start allowing your community to override principles, then your community has become an idol. Wow. And so if all of the community decide to backslide, that ain't got nothing to do with me because I was not here just for friendships. I was here because God called me here. And so when the scripture says that he places the members in the body as it pleases mm -hmm. him, mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, that means that I might not like all the decisions. I might not get it, but I'm here because I'm called to it. Come on. I believe that, you know, and, and, and sometimes, I mean, we've only been a part of what one church and then we, and then our church. Well, we went to church in college, uh -huh. but we didn't really we get settled. We had to settled. move cities though. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. So then, we moved we, to a new city. And then you joined um, this church well, without We did me. join. Uh, we did join. You, we were you part didn't know maybe anything. like a month. Yeah. I was just trying to find a church. Yeah. But I didn't, I wasn't even there. You uh -huh. joined. So I come the next, uh -huh. the next week kind of following you along with my wife and join the church. Hey. So I got to come. And then the Lord finally got. I'm us to wiser where now. We supposed to be. I've had the same pastor for 20 years. Yeah. And I'm not looking for another pastor mm -hmm. because I just believe that God divinely connected me with Him. Well, even within that church, I mean, I saw other people who were not my pastor, mm -hmm. um, but I saw other leaders maybe back what we would call backslide, uh -huh. maybe leave the church. Uh -huh. Something happened and they get disgruntled, or maybe they get they 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 get divorced, and uh -huh. it's like, oh my gosh, you you got a divorce, uh -huh. or you know, they do something really wrong. You know what I'm thinking? And people, right? But I'm I've seen Jesus. But we had people <laughs> mm -hmm. who would leave the church with them like oh my gosh my world's over they got a divorce the, the and i'm church is not the same anymore it's just yeah, like yeah it's different but move on yeah, with life like, you know pray. what i did if if somebody left i stepped up okay you're, you're you you need some help now because they used to be in this position what come can i on. do to help you come on like i'm I, and then i'm still praying for them it's like not Lord, time to step off it's time to step, step up, up. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we've done. Mm -hmm. But I was saying, like, I've had the same pastor for 20 years and he's not a perfect man, but yeah. I'm not looking for perfection. I'm looking for connection. Right. God connected me with you, mm -hmm. you know, and um, it doesn't matter if I got a big church. If I make more money than you, my house is bigger than you. I know more revelation than you, but you're still like my pastor. It's kind of like I'm not looking for another dad. Yeah. C.W. Clater, Carlton Wade Clater mm -hmm. Jr. is my dad. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I'm not looking for to be at the Smith's family. The right. Smith's family might have a bigger house. They might go on better vacations, but C.W. Clater is my dad. Mm -hmm. I just think it's sad when we bounce like customers mm -hmm. from church to church looking for amenities for the things that will bring life into the season that we're in. Yeah, and yeah. so I actually think that part of the demise is people are shopping for churches. They're church shopping. Mm -hmm. like, well, do, do they have a hundred voice choir? Do they have a good kids church? <laughs> do 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 they have? Can I get a parking place? Do I have to wait too long? But what do you can do? Because what do you do to find a church though? Because I mean, you you gotta okay, you okay. gotta go visit. Yeah, I get it, but mm -hmm. but but not to where I'm looking for the amenities. I'm looking mm -hmm. for the voice of God. Ah, I'm not walking around like, uh -huh. do I like? The, is this uh, church close enough to my house? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why we joined the church. That church it's you joined because it was it, a block walked, down the road that you could walk to. Through. And then the church I found, we lived in Virginia, but it was in Maryland. Right, baby. You but that's exactly where God wanted us, us to, to be. to the right church. Lord Jesus. Eat somebody else's cake. <laughs> I was mad at, are you going to eat that stranger's cake? You were mad about that? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am because I love I did cake. not eat it. <laughs> well, you, people got. I don't know if they. Understand they don't. The they don't know. Yeah, people who invited me to other, church. Other they, they made me a cake, and I came to church because mm -hmm. of cake, and I'm saved and mm -hmm. filled today. Mm -hmm. But anyway, but I don't want to pick a church based upon the amenities yeah. because the amenities of the church will change. Mm -hmm. So if I say, "Man, I love the pastor's preaching," what if he passed away? 
are you no longer still pushing that vision? Mm-hmm. No longer part of that community? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I just kept it so real. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I just I just love where it's located. What if they do another campus and move the turn that into a satellite campus? Well, I don't know if I can watch it on the screen. Okay, were you called here? So if you're called here, I'm hoping that you can grow with us as we go to where God's mm-hmm. called us to be. I don't know. I just feel like there's so many people sitting in churches that are like, oh, yeah, we're going to take the city. Oh, yeah, what a great vision. But you ain't going to be here in six months because mm. you do not know how to grow inside of the family. Yeah. And you don't know how to stay with something to where in 25 years. you And I know that there are reasons to leave a church. Mm-hmm. I know that God can do different things in different seasons. But the majority of people, and I would dare near say, of people are not really finding God in these seasons. They're leaving because they're unhappy with something. They feel like they're not growing. And it's like for me, when people say that I'm not growing, I heard I heard this years ago It's um, like children. Uh They cry when somebody don't fix them a sandwich. Uh Grown folks, they get up and fix themselves something to eat. Mm. And if you're that person that's always like, well, I just ain't growing here. I ain't growing here. Go fix yourself a sandwich. How long are we going to be with you? My God, by this time, you should be teaching other people. Do Mm -hmm. we still need to teach you the elementary Mm -hmm. things of the word of God? And it's amazing because you are prophetic. Mm -hmm. You are deep. You are powerful. And you've always grown in this church Mm -hmm. because you've always set your heart. Then you got someone who does not have your depth. Well, I just feel like I'm not growing here because you want us to spoon feed you. And we took the Mm -hmm. bottle out of your mouth and say, lead a small group because there comes a season where everybody needs to step up and lead. And that's how you grow. Yeah. And there comes a season where you lead, you, you eat, Mm -hmm. you grow by feeding others. Right. You know, like you, you, when you're leading a Bible study, when you're leading a small group, when you're serving yeah. on Sunday, yeah. you grow by yeah. serving other people, yeah. by counseling other people, yeah. just being there for someone else. Yeah. That's food for you to grow. So actually you reach, because we've been walking with the Lord, I think I've been saved like 30, 31 or two years now. I've been in ministry 20 years on like a volunteer, serious capacity, a lead pastor for 16 years. Um, I've realized that spiritual growth is not just the accumulation of scripture. Mm-hmm. Spiritual growth is I, I, there's, there's like a limit that you reach at some kind of year where it's like I'm, I'm, I'm limited in my growth until I start helping other people grow. Mm-hmm. I now have to lead a group. I now need to lead a team. I now need to hold a Bible study or you'll yeah. be limited. Yeah. Then the other side of growth is that I've grown more when I go through dark seasons. Mm. And I don't like that. And I don't want that a lot, and I wish it on nobody, but it is the truth. I have grown more when we went through our cancer battle. I have grown more as I went through financial battles. I have grown more in my darkest seasons because that's when I've really learned to stand in the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so I think that a lot of people think that spiritual growth is just go to another conference, read me another book, go to another small group, feed me, feed me, feed me. We got too many obese Christians. Mm -hmm. You are spiritually fat because everybody's feeding you so many podcasts and books, but you're not giving it out to anybody else. And so that brings me to point number five. What I want people to know about the church is love your pastors Mm. and trust the God in them. And I'm not even doing this podcast for our church because I really feel like we have great people. Mm -hmm. They love us. They honor us. They appreciate us. I have just some great people that love Jesus and are really committed that actually could teach this to other people. But I feel like I wanted to put this on the podcast because I believe that there are disconnected believers around the globe Mm. and we have become so accustomed now to online ministry that we have forgot the local bride Mm. and the benefit that comes together. Like, listen, you can take care of yourself at home, but if you want to shake a nation, 
we have to come together. Mm -hmm. You need to submit yourself to get to where God is moving. Put your gifts in there. Put your tithe in there. Put your serving in there and say, I'm here to serve. What can I do to push up something that's bigger than Mm me? Do you believe that? I believe it. And I I believe it. You know, uh, the whole world is looking for identity. The whole world is looking for purpose. The whole world is looking to be a part of something greater than themselves. That's what the church does. We find identity. We find purpose. (laughs) Oh, this is what I'm called to do. We use the word call. This is what God called me to do. God called me to be here and serve in children's ministry. God called me to take care of these babies and pray over them while their parents are in there receiving the word. God called me to speak into the lives of these teenagers. This is what I'm called to do. Life is so much more valuable when you have purpose, when you know that God's called you into something. That's what church does for people. And if you're watching online, you're not fulfilling your purpose. If you're, you know, outside of the church, you're not fulfilling the call of God on your life. You're called to the local church. Can we just take a moment and shout out all of the pastors? around the world that is doing a phenomenal Hallelujah. job. Absolutely. And we just want you to know that we appreciate you and we love you mm-hmm. and we want you to just keep on leading well. Yes. And we're cheering you on. Absolutely. Because it's almost like when we have a mega pastor or a big church person that falls, mm-hmm. it hurts all of us. Yeah. But then people start throwing. It's almost like you see that in the media so much. Uh-huh. And it's almost like three or four or five pastors, like I own, out of 20 years of ministry, mm-hmm. I know about five or six pastors that have fallen mm-hmm. into sin. Mm-hmm. And I only know about three of them, two or three of them personally. Mm-hmm. But I know thousands of pastors around the world, India, Africa, Australia. I've preached around the world. I know pastors around I'm thousands of them that are faithful that are committed. I know the the church we support in India, he lives on on the church property Mm. with orphans. You know what I'm saying? He fights um, the Hindu government every single day. Mm -hmm. People love God. They have, I know thousands, but it's almost like we would rather kind of throw the baby out with the bath water. And and, now we say, well, pastors do this and churches do this and church people this. And it's like, how do you, who are you talking about? Like casting a whole thing on the church. Well, if the church, I I don't even like that preaching and I do it myself sometimes. Well, the church, this, who am I to speak on every member of the church? But if you know, but the thing (laughs) is, and if you know, if you go to a church and you know your pastors, and if you spent any time with them, pastors (laughs) laid down their lives. Well, people don't see it really because they look at us as they see the glory, but don't know Mm -hmm. the story. Mm -hmm. So they see maybe. Um, how we present ourselves, or mm-hmm. the home that we live in or the places that we get to travel to, but they don't understand that my life is not my own. Mm-hmm. I died completely when mm-hmm. I said yes to this. Yes, yes. And now what I do, I do by the grace of God. Mm. So the son of God can, can kind of live through us. And, um, my hope is that there's somebody who's listening to this that will gather an appreciation again for the local church and their spiritual leadership, mm-hmm. because the Bible says that the leader who rules well should be counted worthy of double honor. Mm. And so there's a few things that I would just ask people to stop doing. And this is, I mean, this is a message that I really feel like needs to be shared like more than any other message. And please make sure that you subscribe if you haven't done so yet, but please stop bashing other churches and pastors that don't do things like you want them done. Please stop it. You know, I never speak ill of other men and women of God. I might not agree with them, I might not like you mean them. you're not calling out all the false prophets. OK, <laughs> can I talk about that group of people real quick for a minute? please? Help us, Jesus. If now let me tell you what I do. 
when I come past something on social media or YouTube mm -hmm. and people are leading off building their platform by tearing another person's platform down, oh I block gosh. them. That's just not Christian right away. I don't let that spirit that's on them, mm -hmm. which is a pharisaical um, kind of legalistic mm -hmm. um, criticizing judgment starts in the house of God. Well, who, who made you to judge? If you are ever, if you are building your platform, because I saw the other day that there was someone who took a very popular preacher and they stopped in the middle of his preaching and began to criticize everything that he was saying. But he's led thousands to Jesus. Yikes. Given out millions of dollars uh, but they're breaking it down now to me touch not thy anointed meaning that he's preaching a message where people are being saved and here you are making a video to break him my down. thing is you better be careful of blasphemy calling a work of god a work of the devil yeah or oh yeah yeah that i mean i you got to be very careful I with that no where people feel that they have the right to criticize. They almost feel like, but this is where denominationalism starts. But take the start. log out of your eye first before you point to the splinter in someone else's. And the crazy thing oh is in the comment section, it just be a bunch of other haters that's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I saw that, I saw that. All that, that whole spirit, I don't want it on me, I don't want it in my house. Now, if people want to be like that, that keep listen, on swiping. Listen, that's their prerogative. If people want to be like mm -hmm. that, but what I've learned is that those people are never really successful in God. Mm -hmm. Those people never really go far mm -hmm. in God. The fact, see, so my whole thing is like, how do you spend all of your energy sitting around editing a video and breaking down a ma another man of God's preaching to call him a false prophet when you could use that same energy to go after Buddhists and Muslims and atheists and agnostics? Okay, forget that. Forget religions. Human traffickers, pornography websites, uh, drug sites, the dark web, like witchcraft. Warlocks. You could just use it to <laughs> preach the gospel. <laughs> or you could just you tell could people just about Jesus. You could just use it to tell people about <laughs> Jesus. Just, just tell them about Jesus. We're, and we're, it ain't even for us. It's because we love the church. Because my, my haters are minimal right now. Why would you and, exalt division? It's crazy to me. And the scripture says it this way. These six things the Lord hates. The seventh is an abomination to him. He who sows discord. Discord amongst discord. the brethren. You know what discord is? A cord has three things to make it stronger. Mm -hmm. So it comes together in a threefold cord. It's not easily broken. Discord is when you take those three things and you begin to unravel, unravel. it, thereby making it wow. weaker. And you sitting down talking about another pastor that is lifting up the name of Jesus, where people are being saved and healed because you don't like their clothing. You don't like something that they said. They believe in this about tongues, but you don't believe it. And now you want to rip them down. You are working for the enemy. Mm. I believe that with all my heart. You are not mm. working for the kingdom of God. It's not helping anybody. So what I do is I disconnect them. There you go. I don't watch their videos. I don't want to help their algorithm. I simply, because I found on YouTube, there's a three button. There's like these little three buttons. And I say, don't send me info like this. Because what I do is I get good people. You know, so mm -hmm. I'll see some stuff. I'll see some stuff from Lika Turk Kirsch. And I'll see some stuff from um, John Bevere. And I'll see some stuff from Bishop T.D. Jakes. And then in the set, I, then I see the fall of Maverick City music. <laughs> and then I see false prophets arise today. Oh, double click. Don't send me this information. Because I got to teach YouTube. Mm -hmm. Don't be sending me dumb stuff. Because when you click on that, they send you more like that. Mm -hmm. And that's why people who believe in flat earth. They believe it's a flat earth because they clicked on it and now they just send them more stuff about flat. So all the flat earthers get together, all the black Israelites get together, all the crazy folks get together because they just clicking on stuff and social media is playing on their mm. mind. And I don't let social media play on my mind. That's not for me. Wow. <laughs> it just got real up in the studio. Uh, 
So please stop bashing other churches and pastors for the things that you do not like. Um, please stop jumping from church to church for amenities. And please stop using church hurt as an excuse to be disobedient to God's mm -hmm. word. And I say that lighthearted because I know that there are some things like it's we haven't true. experienced a lot of church hurt. Right. But I'd be sitting down with some people. I'd be like, no, they didn't. I, I apologize. I'm like, oh, my God. I just I'm sorry that you had to go through that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I'm, oh my I'm God. sorry. I'm so sorry. Let's I, get let's I get you. Cannot believe How it. can Are I you, help? Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. So we do realize that mm -hmm. that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Um. However, we do not get to hide out under that label as Christians. Yeah. yeah. We have to father forgive them. They know not what yeah. they do. God restore me when the enemy has stolen something. Thief be found as a sevenfold mm -hmm. recompense. We cannot give up on God's mm -hmm. word because of the disobedience or the neglect or the fallout of a few. Absolutely. It's just like anything else in life. Um, if you have a hard time, if you have a sickness, if something bad happens, yeah. whether it's your fault or not, you can't just sit there all your life. Have you ever been church hurt before? By my long pause, probably not. Um, I've been disappointed probably. And um, yeah, I've been disappointed, but not I, like. Mm. I felt like people wasn't there for me like I was there for mm -hmm. them. I'll put that in disappointment. Mm. I've also been betrayed. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've yeah. given people a lot for them to not give me back the same kind of love that I gave them. Mm -hmm. um, but as I've matured, I even realized that that was my perspective. Mm -hmm. And what I did for somebody else, I thought I did it as unto the Lord. So why do I expect anything back from anybody? Yeah. yeah. And there's been times that even I thought that my pastor would do certain things for me. And then as I grew, I realized, well, he has his own life. Right. And maybe he has his own health balance, ba battles. Maybe he has his own challenges. And I cannot expect my pastor to be God. So what I would consider church hurt or even offense that was um, a deserved offense back in the mm -hmm. day, as I've grown now, I've realized basically it was my immaturity mm -hmm. that I needed to go through. Do you know how many people are claiming church hurt just because they needed to grow through what they was going through? Wow. That's really good, babe. <laughs> you know, you really have to be honest with yourself. It's humility coming yeah. back into the picture. Yeah. It's that humility. It's um, really, you know, asking God to search your heart. It's being vulnerable in yeah. your worship time, being yeah. vulnerable in your praise time yeah. and talking to other believers, talking to yeah. your pastors, yeah. talk those iron sharpens iron relationships. Yeah. That's how you're able to say that in confidence, yeah. in boldness and from a healed place. Yeah. Yeah. I believe this is going to save somebody. This is going to save somebody. When I see people leave the church incorrectly. Their whole lives. I see divorces happen. Yeah. I see sickness happen. I see bad their, things. Their families are torn apart. It's like a curse. But I'm just saying that when you put yourself out of the flow of God and out of the principles of, principles of God, it's almost like going out into the rain with no umbrella. Mm -hmm. Your church is a covering. It's mm -hmm. acting as an umbrella. It's a spiritual covering to step outside of that. Mm -hmm. But whatever lore seems like mm -hmm. it's going to be better on the other side, I've seen it a majority of times not be so. Mm -hmm. And so, man, I could get into all kinds of things of how you leave a church. If you leave a church where you can't talk to the people any longer that you left from, you've done something wrong. Mm -hmm. You can say, well, the church, the church. No, no, you've done something wrong. Thank God every church we've ever been a part of. I can walk in the door, hug everybody. Yeah. Nothing in my heart. They would love to see me coming. Yeah. You know, you never burn any bridges. Mm -hmm. If they have honored you specifically with staff positions or leadership, if you have received honor in any place, mm -hmm. you leave with honor. Yeah. You leave yeah. with honor. So you should be honoring the house as you leave. 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you should be able to come back to the conferences and the anniversaries and the mm-hmm. special things almost like extended family. If you cannot do that, you have done something wrong and you have to realize. Yeah, and, and, and you have to do something about it. And you got to do something about you, it. You have to mend those relationships. You have to go back and talk to people. Right. You have to receive healing uh-huh. for yourself. Yeah. You can't just let that go on. Yeah. And I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I've had to do that. You know, I've went through a season where I had to really have some conversations, even with my pastor and where we had to mend some things and mm-hmm. work through some things. But when you love each other, you do that. Yes. And that's what maturity is about. So anyway, mm-hmm. but that was humility. Um, I had to humble myself. And frankly, I guess he did, too. You know, but anyway, um, how do you find a good church? Are you ready for this? Mm, come on. All right. Number one, look for leadership in the church that exemplifies integrity character and faithfulness okay look for leadership in the church that exemplifies integrity character and faithfulness i think some people they just they look for a leader that got a nice cut off shirt and, and got a six pack because i don't know what people be looking for i'm looking for leadership with some dog and integrity are you gonna be here next year you're gonna still be married number two look for a place that's making a difference in the community mm-hmm. like i'm looking for a church that's not just inside the walls what are you doing outside the walls Mm -hmm. of the church number three look for a place that's teaching the bible Mm -hmm. and encouraging members to read the bible at home and live it out the bible teaching the bible Mm -hmm. not just hooping or screaming or hollering ain't nothing wrong with that if that's your style as long as you go back to the word word. but the word is our basis number four look for a place that embraces the holy spirit Mm -hmm. i would not go to a church that doesn't believe that the gifts of the holy spirit are for today and they cease and they stop no i need the holy spirit in all we do okay number five allow the holy spirit to lead you in all you do Mm. and so he sets each member in the body as it pleases him whether he has you in a house church or whether he has you in a mega church of thirty thousand people if the holy spirit has led you there stay there and grow all right anything else you want to add to today no i mean this was so good it was. This was so good. Yeah. I think it's so needed. Somebody out there needs to hear this. Yeah. There's somebody out there that they don't have a church home. Yeah. Uh, they've been wandering for a while. They feel hungry. Mm-hmm. They feel thirsty. The Bible says yeah. that we should thirst and hunger, not yeah. that we should be hungry yeah. and be thirsty. Yeah. There's a difference. We're praying for a great awakening. Mm-hmm. We're praying for a great awakening in revival history. I think it was the second great awakening. Um, there was 5.3 million people in the United States at the time. Um, the United States grew to 23 million mm-hmm. people, but church attendance went from 7% to 13%. That means it jumped from 350,000 people going to church to mm-hmm. 3 million people going to church. We need a great awakening again. Mm-hmm. We need orphans and prodigals to come home. We need people to bring their gifts, their talents, their resources to the house of God and put them all together and say, we will be a strong army of the Lord. So because good. one can chase a thousand, but two can put 10,000 to flight. What can we do with thousands, millions and billions of people that lift up the name of Jesus? Come I'm on. telling you, there's an end time harvest of souls that it's on the way and we cannot be a splintered body. We cannot be a divided body. We have to be a very united body. And if that means I have to apologize to you, I'm going to do it. If I got to apologize to you, I'm going to do it. If I got to submit myself to you, if I got to take the meat, leave the bones, whatever I got to do to be a part of the bride. So that's good. what God wants a church without spot or wrinkle. Amen. You know, there's a part, there's a story in the Bible about where there was a man who was, um, I think he was paralyzed and Jesus 
Jesus was teaching and they were trying to get him to Jesus mm-hmm. so that Jesus could heal him. There were so many people around, they couldn't get to the house, into the door. So they went up on top of the house, the yeah. man's friends, and they removed part of the roof and lowered the him down into where Jesus was. Jesus prays for them and heals them, but Jesus looks at them and says, you know, and, and he sees the faith of their friends, uh-huh. you know, but this man get he- gets healed. He goes home. It's wonderful. But church means to me mm-hmm. and every believer needs to be a part of a church because just like those friends, mm-hmm. you need people mm-hmm. who will come along beside you when you can't walk on your Ooh. own. And even when you don't have your own faith, they will have faith for you. They will believe for you. And if they have to take you to the roof and tear the roof off (laughs) and lower you down before Jesus, our King, so that you can be healed, so that you can overcome, they will do it. So I'm telling you, you need to be a part of a church. You need believers that have your back. Man. Wow. Well, we're out of time for today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. I love this one. Ah, and we love the church because we're in love with church. We want to help you find a good church home. We actually have a list of churches um, specifically in the United States, but we also have relationships around the world. If you are looking for a church home, um, we'll do our best to help you get connected. Could you just email us right now? Um, There should be an email address somewhere on the screen or in the show notes. Um, Put in the comment. Um, We're going to help you get connected to a church, a life-giving, spirit-filled, Bible-believing church. We want to help you get connected. If you're ever in Gainesville or Orlando, Florida, please stop by a live church. You can jump on our website. Website is in the show notes as well. We will make you feel at home. We'll send you out of here better than what you ever came. And maybe just maybe if you're in a place and you're like, there is no good churches around here. Maybe you should think about moving here and being a part with us. Hey, we love you guys. Make sure that you hit subscribe right now. 62% of our audience do not subscribe, so they miss the content when it comes off fresh. And we want to make sure that we get you everything that God has for you to get. Um, Also, like, share, comment, review, and uh, share this message with a friend today. And uh, we hope to see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to Doing Life with Ken and Tabitha. We'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.